Welcome, welcome, welcome in to new track record, Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney, with you for the final time in 2023, talking all things IndyCar. Just final time for this year, but uh, whew, it has been a wild couple of weeks. It's been a wild, and we we promise to only be positive on today's yeah. show. Yeah, we are. We'll looking... see. We'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> we're, Positive we're, vibes. We're talking about uh, IndyCar's wish list. That will be our our main topic. We'll get into the Stingray Rob news uh, that came down, of course, the day after we recorded last week. Uh, him to Foyt and the more about the well, who's who's so, going where? So be, what's <laughs> Benjamin Peterson chairs? doing? Yeah, we'll get into that um, and a few other notes items as well. Your comments too, so that's all to come. But first off, hi Justin. Hello. Are we? I asked you this on our morning show. Uh-huh. Have you finished your Christmas shopping yet? Almost. Almost. I just have to do stocking stuffers. Nice. Now, I who have, do you stock stock stuffings just, for? Just, just stuffing, my wife. Stockings. Didn't even talk. So just your wife. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. I have like a list of most of the items. I just need to go out and execute the game plan. Gotcha. Uh, so to... that will be Friday, probably Friday morning. After the show, once I get everything wrapped up here, I'll probably uh, gotcha. Shoot go over and the... take care of that. Very nice. Go over to the convenience store adjacent to you guys' house. You know, go over to there. Is that a marathon <laughs> I, over there? <laughs> Walk over there. I, I mean, there is a CVS nearby, and... and I may or may not uh, go to the CVS. Hey, but, uh, you can pick it all but, up at but the CVS. But these are like these stocking items, so it, it's got to be like 8, 10, 12 items. They don't need to be big things. Right. I have already got the thing that I knew would be the hardest to get. Just because nice. of limited quantities. A IndyCar diecast? Is no. that the hardest thing to Oh, no. okay. No, no, no. Uh, there's another item that could be tough that I may or may not be able to get this late in the game. I just didn't think about it till earlier, but I got that last year. I didn't get this other item that I already have. Gotcha. Uh, last year, I have it now for this year, so I feel like, you know, that evens out. Um, but that's, that's all I have to do. Probably CVS, probably, you know, a grocery store, probably a, a discount store too, and I should be able gotcha. to get everything I need. There you go. I think, well, I've been told we're done. Yeah, so, you, you didn't have to talk do about anything. This. Yeah, I would talk about this on morning show. I, I did not buy a single gift for anybody this year. My wife handles it everything. Because for so long, we we just don't get gifts for each other. Back when we didn't have any money when we first got married, and it's just now we got two kids, so we stick with it. So I did not have to buy a single gift. I, I mean, I saw receipts that I didn't want to see. I see everything being bought on Amazon, but me physically buying a gift... No, nothing. But uh, supposedly we're done. That said, my wife has been saying we're done for like two weeks, and yet she keeps leaving the house saying she has to go to Walmart to finish shopping. Explain <laughs> that to me. There's always another thing. And there's always something like else. What, I mean, how many people are... I mean, you have your immediate family. Do you have to do gifts? Like, do you have nieces and nephews? Uh, yeah, nieces and nephews, godparents, uh-huh. uh, Noah's teachers, and Wendy's coworkers at work, stuff like that. Wow, so, next level. Yeah, so yeah, it's pretty full under the tree, for sure. So, apparently so but i didn't have to buy any of it and so, here we are december 20th 2023 you have contributed nothing i've contributed nothing to, to the, the holiday <laughs> kenny family christmas nothing shopping. but merely my presence just brightens <laughs> everybody around the the holidays just don't bring up indycar right now or around no, the holidays no, we're, we're in a giving mood we, okay we're, well we put this out on yeah. twitter we were asking people's christmas wish for indycar and we had several people uh, send us their wishes. Yes, and we'll get to those in the mailbag this week. We'll we'll start with ours okay. on the show. I don't think it's that complicated. I mean, that there aren't that many things on the wish list that, like, it's not going to go that far deep, right? Yeah. And so, I'll let you go first because I'll okay. come up with a different one because I right. don't want to have the same one. I know some people will go OEM and this mm-hmm. and that and all that stuff. I for 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 my Christmas wish for 2024, I want to see a plan. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to to this time next year know where IndyCar is trying to get in the next year, 3 years, 5 years. I just want something that we can look at and everybody can look at and say, "Okay, this is the direction." This is what they're trying to do. Things always come up, particularly in IndyCar, that that disrupt things, and I get it. At the same time, they give us something. Give us some sort of roadmap of where this series is going, because then you're able to weather the valleys a little bit better. 
because like, oh, this happened, but this is what they're, they're, they're trying to do. This is what they're planning to do in the years ahead. We don't really have that right now. If we had it, you could say, well, Honda's doing its thing, but at least this is where we're at. This is what they're going to do to try to combat uh, costs and all that stuff. I just, I, I don't have lofty expectations, Caleb, for 2024. I'm not saying OEMs. I'm not saying this race or that race or uh, the, a TV deal that pays out through the roof. All I want is a plan. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. IndyCar moved on from their previous marketing head the previous offseason, right? And I don't think there's ever been a name that I can recall. Nothing that's, that's, been, that, as that's far been marketed, at least. That's the, for the sure. VP of marketing that, that I can recall it could be incorrect here. Maybe they have one. They just didn't announce it. No, no, not that I ever remember. So, again, I like the, you know, the one year plan, the three year plan, the five year plan and throw in a marketing plan on top of that. Right. And I think that's a really good wish. I mean, that's that's kind of where we're at as far as, OK, so things are relatively stable in the near term, long term. Depends on what Honda does. I would say midterm is just yeah. a couple of years away. Yeah. But in the very short term, IndyCar has a pretty good schedule. They have 27 expected full-time entries. We're still awaiting a Foyd entry. We're still awaiting both coin entries, but that's where we expect that number to end up. Once again, it's 27. Very positive. Yeah. The, the top end of what you want. I think you get above 28 and it's too many. I, I think you're of, topped out at 27 right now for most races. Outside of obviously the Indy 500 and if there's another big oval race that ever comes back um, I'd be okay with going above that but I understand some people aren't because what happened in Vegas I, I get it it's completely fair but IndyCar is in a spot where they're ready to take that next step it just comes down to what is the plan to take that next step and do you have any like specifics you want to see happen as, as far as that plan or anything you want to see in particular in that plan? I would like to see some sort of, of, uh, of cost reduction or at least a plan to lessen the costs on um, engine, leases. engine leases. Or uh, I, I would like to see a dedicated plan for marketing the sport. I would like to see a dedicated plan in terms of where you would like to be in terms of the amount of races um whether that includes some sort of charter system that they're throwing around if they wanted to unveil that at some point over the course of the five-year plan obviously i think a new chassis should be on there even if you come out tomorrow and say hey by 2028 there'll be a new chassis it's a ways away but at least it's a plan right um if you're going to go with a different engine spec of some sort and say in 2027 this is going to be the engine i just Anything is better than what we have. I, mean, I might have low expectations here because we don't have anything. There's no plan, at least publicly. There's no plan. So I'm adding. I'm I'm, I'm adding a bunch of stuff and, and naming a bunch of stuff off. But just give me a third of that, and it would be something. It'd be more than we have. So just show me. But even if it's something we can openly criticize on our podcast, at least it would be something. the 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 plan may be misguided, but at least you have something. And um. I, I quite frankly question whether IndyCar internally has something like that, let alone publicly sharing something like that. Yes. I I think, again, just... They're not going to share that publicly. That's fine. But we want them to maybe like roll out stuff saying we have this coming up. Yeah, in the pipeline or we're working on this. Now, not... Not not teasing always, oh, we're working on international races and, and getting a third <laughs> OEM, but like beyond that, because they tease those things all the time. Right. But maybe instead of specifics, say we're, you know, we're working on XYZ, we're going to roll out XYZ next season at this time frame, something like that. I even, can get on board. Even something as simple to, to, to say, hey, we recognize the issues that our OEMs are facing, that our teams are facing, and we're working on some improvements to do ABC. At least recognize the problem. The first, the first, you know, the first step towards recovery is admitting you have a problem. You can't even get IndyCar to to do that. I mean, at least admit that there are some less than happy people in the sport and some very important people in your sport when you talk about 
on the performance development. And I can't imagine General Motors is very happy either with the costs, et cetera, et cetera. The team at least admit that there's an issue and, admit, and, and say that you're working on it. We can't even get that. Right. It's just like it's it's just so everything is so secretive. It's like uh, it's it's very much like the FBI or J. Edgar Hoover. It's like nobody nobody can can like half joking. But seriously, like you just you can't step out of line or else what? At least something's going to happen. We talked about it last podcast, but it's just like I would really like IndyCar to be a little bit more open or a lot more open. I think that starts with a plan. Let us see a plan. That's my wish for 2024. How about you? All right. My wish for 2024 and and this is, I guess, really for 2025, but it will be announced in 2024, is that the new TV deal is exceptionally more money than the current one. So we don't have like an exact number, what, anywhere between 15, 20 million a year that NBC's Yeah, paying. I would say max 20. Yeah. So double or more. Remember, NASCAR just got that new TV deal, seven years, $7.7 billion. Obviously, IndyCar is not going to touch that. Even the Xfinity TV deal with the CW for $115 million uh, per year. I don't even think any car is going to touch that. But say they can double the current rights fee amount, that would be the step forward that could really, really help the series. And there's a good Forbes article by Bruce Martin that came out uh, a few days back talking about those negotiations for that TV deal. And CW is one of the partners. Uh, Fox believed to be another. Obviously, they're negotiating with NBC as well as they have the rights for 2024. And then the new partner, or if it continues to be NBC, would start in 2025. But I think that to me is the one thing that in the short term that can happen is a realistic possibility that if any car is able to pull this off, they will basically get double the money for... uh, not really doing anything, right? right. I mean, like, yeah. I, I get that, yes, they have to hold the events, but, like, they're not having to make some major change to get this significant windfall. They've had incremental growth in TV numbers, TV metrics. Uh, it looks like 100 Days to Any will be renewed, and they're working on international distri- distribution for that. Um, everyone's been pleased with the metrics that have come from that. Mark Miles flew to the West Coast, uh, last Thursday, December 14th, to continue negotiations for the next IndyCar TV contract. And, according to Bruce Martin, uh, Miles intends to announce IndyCar's next media rights deal before the 108th Indianapolis 500 next May. So, they have a timeline for this. Obviously, if you roll that out, say, any time in the month of May, whether it's GP weekend, qualifying, carb day, right? I mean... All those options are a way to get a lot of eyeballs, a lot of people aware of your next TV product and, and where it will be. Um, that, to me, is the short-term thing that I think can make a huge difference because that money can go toward um, you know, go leader to circle anything. money. Yes. It can go to promotions, marketing, it, you know, staff, marketing. Yeah, all hiring it. staff. Imagine even just if you go from 20 to $40 million, what this series could do with an extra $20 million a year. And that's reasonable for $40 million. And if you have, as Bruce Martin's article in Forbes said, multiple partner or multiple interested parties, when you talk about Fox, CW, and NBC, ideally that just raises the price, right? Because yes. you can get a bidding war of sorts into who, if, if CW came out and said, we'll pay $40 million for IndyCar, that makes at least, even if you want to stay with NBC, they have to come close to that. Wouldn't you say, they, okay, we'll pay $30 million then. And IndyCar would say, well, we like our partner, but we're going to give them a discounted price. Even $30 million, an extra $10 million. They should get more than that, but at least it's something. So, and and we I talked about this too in a previous podcast too, is is I it would have to be just an insane amount of money for IndyCar, in my opinion, to think about leaving because I look at NBC and their relationship with it, similar to what I look at as Delara, is they love to always say they're going to open things up, whether it's the new chassis or um, all that, but they always go back to Delara. It just seems like there's uh, there's comfort there that IndyCar... There's a reason for that. Well, yeah, but I think also IndyCar is partially scared to to go outside the box type thing. And even with a lot of money, if CW threw threw at it, I think now does the CW deal start this coming year with with Xfinity or the no. year after? Because it would be nice to see a year of 
numbers and production of the Xfinity series on CW, but we won't get that till 2025, correct? Uh, yes, 2025. And again, that deal is for all of the races, which is pretty big. Um, all practices, which is pretty this big. Is crazy. All, all qualifying, qualifying. Pretty big deal. Seven-year deal worth $150 million. So all 33 races broadcast annually, over the air correct? TV. $115 yes. million annually. Yes. yes. Um, and that is... That is the deal. Now, on one hand, you look at it and say if IndyCar can get the same deal. Wouldn't that be insane? Like, like as far as the races, you may not get the practice and the, the qualifying, and that's fine. I think you, you make that concession. If you can get every single race on over-the-air TV and knowing that you'll have Xfinity series promoting IndyCar. Remember, Xfinity is racing quite often on Saturdays. True. On cup weekends. so. That makes it easier in terms of promoting ahead, and, and it's it's a good teaser. So IndyCar would be in, in essentially the the primary product because it air on Sunday, and they get all the promotion during the Xfinity race. Hey, check out IndyCar at Mid Ohio tomorrow. Blah blah blah. Right. CW one Eastern, whatever. Uh, so that to me is the the part of that I really like about that aspect. Meanwhile, with NBC, fans are familiar with the partner. Um, you know what you're going to get. It's a quality broadcast as yeah. far as what they present. I get that we nitpick things, but I think they do a good job overall. Yeah. Um, and there's not many bells and whistles and stuff like no, that though. And no, they don't, they don't overdo things. Lee Diffie, I think does a great job. Obviously Townsend Bell, James Hinchcliffe, pit reporters, everyone. Like I yeah, think it's a solid they do group, a, a solid job presenting the sport. It, it doesn't feel like the, the later ABC years where it felt like they were mailing it in. Um, as far as what you're getting on the air, obviously right. people behind the scenes, I, I never really got that impression. It was yeah. more the the talent. Yeah, and I think too, I think I it don't just it, I, maybe it had run its course. Well, right? I don't think ABC was necessarily putting the production value on IndyCar that NBC does. I think though, I think the big question, let, let's say hypothetically, uh, CW throws a lot of money. And I'm not going to be one here to say that you won't have a drop off in viewership if you go to the CW. You absolutely you will. will. You will. But the money that you make, let's say it's an extra $30 million a year going from NBC to CW. That, that more than should, makes up. That more than makes up for the drop because you should be able to use that money in, in an excessive amount of things within your series, including marketing and promotion. And remember, the CW is become essentially a year-round destination in the in the release they tout so they'll have the nascar xfinity series in 2025 they also have inside the nfl acc college football and basketball live golf everyone can make their jokes about it but that was the first thing they had in terms of live sports 100 days to indy uh and then they say 48 weekends per year of live sports programming beginning in 2025 i mean that's significant and again over the air and a free app for people yeah. to stream stuff so it, it's Look, this kind of reminds me, you go back to what, 2009 when IndyCar signed that 10-year, was it a 10-year deal with Versus? Oh, yeah, and that, was, that was smart. we thought that was terrible, <laughs> and Versus ended up turning into NBC Sports Network and turning into a legitimate cable property outlet yeah. before it was shut down a couple years ago, and IndyCar probably needed the money at that time. Early on, it was like, what are we doing here? But yeah, they then, always need the money. But then it turned out to be, I'd say, they probably made the right play there. Well, and, and two is people's opinion of the CW is the same opinion that people had when Fox was throwing big money around to get some sports. And it was basically, uh, you know, The Simpsons was kind of that first show to bring people into Fox in the mainstream. And then they just added from there and, and they made a huge bid for the NFL. And people were like, Fox has the NFL. And then it just grew from there. Right. So you have to start somewhere. And CW is trying to start somewhere similar to what Fox did. And everybody who, who scoffs and everything about sports being on the CW, that's really what Fox was. What what would you say? 35 years ago? 30 years uh, ago? Yeah, it would have been in the mid 90s. I mean, and, and when Simpsons they got the NFL, was, and that was yeah, Simpsons was what, 88, 89 when it mm -hmm. started and and even took four or five years to to, to grow that to, to eventually get to to the NFL. So I have no I mean, no qualms about going to CW if that happens. I'm, and remember, CBS thought they were, and NBC, I believe, right, were the other two, yeah. thought they were just, oh, it was a lock. They were just going to get right. the, the NFL TV package. 
And when they didn't, they were stunned, but they essentially lowballed the NFL. And the NFL got a great deal yeah. from Fox. And eventually and I, it locked out either NBC or CBS without NFL at all at that point. Uh, it would have been NBC. Yeah, because CBS uh, NBC had the AFC. the NFL for a while up until Sunday Night Football started in 2006, I believe. So, I, I mean, look, if you have a partner that wants to throw that kind of money, you take it assuming that they also have a plan to promote. And I understand people are going to be like, how do I get the CW? Well, everybody has antenna. Somebody. You have <laughs> access to it. Yes. In your local market. So that's the thing that I, I think, and antennas are cheap, at least in the U.S. You can, you can get one for 15, 20 bucks or so. Um, that's what I do to watch stuff on like local channels. Yeah. Because I, I hate watching sports knowing there's, like a 30 second delay due to streaming <laughs> drives me nuts. So and I, I always forget when, when I'm watching, we're watching the same thing and you're texting me and I'm like, what, the, what are you talking about? <laughs> Out of like a player to a head. <laughs> yes. In the future. But so, do, will the, will the IndyCar look to the future and make that move, particularly if it become it comes with a big payday, they have to, if it's $5 million difference, you stay with NBC in my yes. opinion. If it's $10 million difference, I still think you switch to CW in my opinion. And I think CW is going to bring a lucrative contract, but at the very least, hopefully if you get into some sort of mini bidding war and CW says, we're, we're going to start at $50 million a year for IndyCar. I think they can get that. And is the, as NBC interested enough to say, well, we'll give you 45 and to keep it. And all of a sudden you have an extra $25 million a year. I mean, to, to me getting 40 is, oh, is it'd a be, lot. It'd be amazing. Would be, a game changer for uh, IndyCar. And to me, again, get this announced by Indy 500 race day. You check that box. This would be so big for the series to double or triple their TV media rights fee and make sure that the streaming component is solid because I think IndyCar is lucky with what they have with Peacock. Yeah. I get that people want to complain and all that, and yes, you have a race or two. I think next year it's, what, two races on Peacock, the Saturday Milwaukee race in Toronto. But I think, as we've seen with streaming services and how they grow, Peacock is affordable. Um, I Yes, the interface is not my favorite. No, but, but it's, beyond it's that, relatively, it's, I mean... It's inexpensive, inexpensive, and it has a lot of sports programming. For me, as a mm-hmm. sports fan, I have Big Ten football, in the fall, I have Big Ten basketball in the winter. I have IndyCar in the spring and summer. Like that, They have me as a year-round person now. And 400 seasons of different Law & Order shows. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> to fill in the gaps. So uh, to me, this is, this is the, the one wish I have because I think it would transform IndyCar moving forward because they would have so much more money to do the things they want to do Without you know, without Penske himself having to invest a small fortune to to get what he wants out of it, and that to me is the one thing that would be a game changer. And for IndyCar, they very much need it. Now, I haven't read or heard anything as far as remember for years. Oh, the series is close to profitability, right? I haven't heard. I don't that, know. I don't know where that stands right now, but I mean, it would be nice TV to get a state of the of series type type address, wouldn't it? Right. Which yeah. I, I used to think that was what was going to become a thing around May uh, on. You know, the first practice weekend or something or qualifying weekend on the Saturday is you would get a state of the series from Roger. I think we got that the first year, maybe, and then it it, it went away. Um, but I would think the big thing is, is at least IndyCard is in a position where there's multiple networks interested. That's step one. If it was just NBC interested, then they could lowball you say, well, nobody else wants you. So you're still getting $20 million a year. But you now have Fox and CW at least interested enough to kick the tires a little bit and maybe make an offer, and then you can start playing them off each other. And with if you can do that, then the price goes up, up, up. And as Indy44 pointed out on Twitter slash X, uh, there was an IndyCar reference on Amazon Prime, I believe on Jack Reacher, on ESPN as well. Uh, UFC announcer mentioned the Indy 500. <laughs> Is IndyCar paying for this? Placement? I think it was just natural, yeah. natural well, discussion. In, in, I think in the wasn't show it? it was very like I saw the clip from was it Jack Reacher? I, believe. I don't know. I didn't. It was I didn't a show on Amazon. It. it sounded very forced or whatever. It's like people sitting in a lobby and oh, they're speeding like it's the Indy 500 or something. But 
hey, I don't know. You, that's kind of broad appeal, it, right? Yeah, it's not like hey, they're speeding like they're on the road course at Barber or something. That seems yeah. forced to me. Yeah, but saying the Indianapolis five hundred, the Indy five hundred, I, I think it's it's well known. I feel. I I think you take it. You take those little things that, you know, it's maintaining cultural relevancy and people, you know, it becomes top it, of mind. Yeah, but once again, it's still centering on one race. Uh, it's not a NASCAR reference because when you say NASCAR, it's not Daytona 500 only. Yeah. So I, you take it, of course, but I also think it proves the narrative that there's a problem because everybody knows what the Indianapolis 500 is. Not everybody knows what IndyCar is. You say NASCAR, people know what that is. It's a series. It's not a race. The Indy 500 is just one race, but you'll take it. Yeah, no, absolutely. We will take it. All right. So that's our, those are our, our wishes. If we were our to pick heartfelt one wish. wishes and we will be sending this in detail, uh, addressed to Roger Penske in the mail. And then we have the bizarre situation. So last week you had Stingray Rob announced as the, driver for AJ Foyt racing again different numbered car in the 41 which used to be the third entry for the Indy 500 but this is the third uh 41 car it will be the second car for Foyt racing uh the 14 still a TBA but Stingray Rob will compete full time with Foyt but the awkward part about all of this is Benjamin Peterson tweeted out a statement after this announcement saying statement it's awesome to see that Stingray is joining us here at AJ Foyt racing I'd like to send a very big welcome he'll be a great addition to our team Looking forward to on-track testing soon. Hmm. Huh. And then when asked about it at the press conference, uh, Nathan Brown got a runaround answer from Larry Foyt. It said, not sure about that as far as uh, would Benjamin Peterson not be back at Foyt next year? Uh, Larry Foyt said, not sure about that. We're sorting all that out, so can't speak to that. It's not a team that's going to run three cars, is it? Could they? I mean, think about it. It's a Chevy team, so Chevy has the engine leases available. Perhaps they run three cars. Because you think, okay, now with Stingray Rob in the fold, and then you still have Benjamin Peterson and Santino Ferrucci, right? Yeah, I mean, Ferrucci will be probably the driver of the 14. It just comes down to but the funding. Fact, but the fact that he's running, he's talking Stingray Rob is announced in the car that's the third car for the 500 well, in terms but, but, of the number. Yeah, in terms of numbers. Which is what I'm saying. Is is he running the, uh, that third car full time? Or is Benjamin Peterson still need to come up with money or else he's going to be a part-time? Or Santino Ferrucci only be a part-time? It's just interesting that he wasn't announced in one of the primary two cars. Which Remember, makes, though, he ran the 55 last year. So are they just keeping that number? And then, yeah, maybe, you know, is it a partial schedule? It is. You I know, do they run all the road and street courses plus the Indy 500? You know, how does that work? Have they announced that he's a full full season driver? Peterson? Stingray Rob. Stingray Rob. Yes, he's a full okay. season. driver. Do we know the sponsor? No. Okay. Well, we haven't seen a livery or anything uh, for that car. They didn't have a livery, but I think I think they actually did reveal the sponsor. I, I okay. forget what it is, but uh, I, I there just, is a spot. I mean, we know he brings significant funding. I, I think the rumor out there is something like eight million plus, which is wild <laughs> very significant. I, I think maybe you're still working things out with Ferrucci and Peterson, and you're saying, "Let's do this for now," as we know we're in with Stingray Rob. Let's announce him while we're still working on the other two. And maybe they're expecting one of those to not happen. Maybe they're thinking maybe they could, both of them could happen. But they still don't know what those two, so they've added him to what would conceivably be a third car, but may not run three, if that makes sense. But I guess looking at it from the outside in, I, I feel like could Foyt run three cars? Should they? No. But could they? Maybe. Well, and you also have to remember... There's the Penske element, right? That's true. It's a so good point. does and, Penske uh, place a, a guy or gal in one of the seats, and then the other two are Foyt? Also, how that work? Will they have two cars in Texas, two cars in Indy, one car in Texas, two the, in Indy? You know, how will that shape out as far as the shop space? At the very least, could the relationship with Penske have led to added interest from sponsors to oh, potentially I'm, then make sure allow them to go to three cars? Or, or maybe even Penske going, hey, we don't have room on our cars, but here's some 
companies and corporations that want to be involved and because you're partnering with us they'd be interested in being on your car i mean could we be seeing the fruits of of this relationship already in terms of foit and having enough money to run three cars instead of two and at at the end of uh the racer article talking about Stingray Rob moving to Foyt for 2024. It says the Foyt team will name the driver the number 14 Chevy uh, at a later date. So no mention of the 55 mm. anywhere. So I, this whole thing is puzzling to me. Puzzling to say the least. If you had to say who's the odd man out, it's Peterson. Peterson, not Ferrucci, you don't think? Yeah, I, I think they will want a, a guy who can be competitive at Indy. And Ferrucci is proven to be that guy. Yeah, with what he's done, what was he third last or third this year? He's finished fourth before. He's finished top ten. You know, I think every outing right that he's yeah. competed in the Indy Five Hundred. So I, I think he will will get it. It's just a matter of will Pinsky throw a lot of the resources around that car, a different car? How how will that factor in as well? Quite the conundrum. Quite an when we think everything has been settled or we know what everything what's going on uh, with with the, the remaining seats, and we're saying ah, it's just filler seats anyway. Boyd finds a way to really throw us for a loop, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yes, they do. They absolutely do. I don't think anyone saw this playing out the way that it did, but that's where we're at, and we'll see how this goes from here i'm not expecting any driver announcements obviously until the earliest january but you would think they'd want to keep santino ferrucci in the fold for 2024 is it interesting that ferrucci has been silent on this matter we've heard from peterson i mean peterson's in theory i mean he's under contract it was presented to be a multi-year deal i think a three-year deal is is what i read is because we've heard from Peterson and not Ferrucci mean that Ferrucci is on the outside looking in unless he can find sponsorship? Uh, perhaps. I mean, I mean could, <laughs> could that third car be Ferrucci running ovals and then someone else running road street courses based on I, I think it's impossible to know for sure, but I think depending on how you look at this, you could go every which way. We don't know a lot. We're just uh, hypothesizing here. Yes, but this is the, the puzzling thing. I think when you look at the remaining seats that we know, so Foyt has the 14. I would say Ferrucci's probably the favorite for that. Just comes down to funding, and they're probably going to wait until January or February to to reveal that, to get everything buttoned up. You have the two Dale Coin cars. I would fully expect Devlin Francesco to be one of them, right? You would expect that, yeah. The The other one is, who knows? Could be you or me. Yeah. <laughs> And then we already know at Dryer and Reinbold for the Indy 500 entries, Ryan Hunter, Ray, Connor Daly expected to be the drivers there. And then if Marco Andretti wants to run a car, he'll have a fourth entry for Andretti in the Indy 500. And then Able Motorsport if they return with RC Enerson. And then that's really about it. I mean, that's how far along we are. And then, oh, and a fourth at Ray Hall, which I would guess Takuma Sato would be a very good option for them. Uh, yeah, for for the 500 for sure. So, man, all of a sudden we have questions and we won't be getting any answers likely until January. For sure. At least. Well, that is a look. If you agree or disagree with us, let us know. You can find us at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for our email list. It is free. We'll send out uh, episode uh, emails and any other special announcements. So free to subscribe there. You can also... Follow us on social media, Twitter slash X, Instagram. The handle is IndyCar Podcast. On Facebook, just search for New Track Record. You can always email us questions, comments, concerns, what have you, to New Track Record Podcast at gmail.com. You can support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash New Track Record. Thanks to Xavier, Rob, and several others for their support. Again, starting just $1 a month. And as always, you can download the podcast for free on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, CastBox, Player FM, Google, Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. Napster. <laughs> I don't think we're on Napster. <laughs> Does that still exist? I have no idea. I was going to ask you. LimeWire? I, I I, yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I doubt it. I don't think so. But again, you can download us for free all 
on those platforms. All right, mailbag time and a lot to get to for this week. We talked about Christmas wishes. We have some comments from last week. And so let's get to it. Um, Hunter's Way 67 saying MP, as in Marshall Pruitt, says in his article he's replacing Peterson. What gives? We don't know. We just talked about that. Uh, also, I Am Analog says, does this qualify as spicy season? Ooh, I like that. Well, Beyond we thought, silly. Yes. So we, th- we thought it was, uh, it was settling down, settling season, maybe, but now it's spicy season. Uh, a couple of people responding to uh, your tweet. Uh, Mr. Pinsky, what have you done to improve any car outside of IMS and the Indy 500 since your acquisition of the series in 2019? It's a Seinfeld gif of George saying nothing. Uh, Poet Shevchenko. Uh, it's a gift from uh, why am I sp- uh, Office Space. What would you say you do here? <laughs> Which is a perfect response to James T. Fourteen said, "It's all fine here. I see great things ahead with someone sticking their head in sand." Uh-huh. Is, we promise to be positive, so we're not going to add further comments. Well, which I, I feel like maybe some people in the Penske Corp are like that, stick their head in the sand. Uh, this is wild because I noticed it too. This from run underscore mark underscore run. Uh, so I watched the Santa Claus uh, uh-huh. last weekend. Yep. And Mark has this question. Question for IndyCar podcast and ask off track. Is that Mario Andretti's IndyCar at 4225 in the Santa Claus? It has to be because I noticed it too. Because I actually, once I saw that tweet, I looked it up. I looked up Santa Claus. I, I took a screenshot. I zoomed. I took way too much time on this, by the way. <laughs> took a screenshot, zoomed in, and then did a livery search for Mario. And yes, it it very much uh, is that. And, and Mario confirmed it because he liked the tweet. Oh, there you go. So it had to be, right? Because I'm sure Mario was a consultant on the Santa Claus. <laughs> well, you know, Tim Allen's well, a big remember, gearhead. Though, and Mario and Michael were on episodes of Home Improvement in that's the 90s. Right. With Tim they Allen. were. Yeah. Who so knows? Maybe it, that was a leftover prop. It makes sense. And I said right away, watching it, when Charlie grabbed the car, and I said to my wife, we were watching it on, this would have been Saturday night, I believe. And I said, that's Mario Andretti's Indy car. I said, that that's his car from like 94. Yeah. Because that's when the movie came out in 94, so it had yeah. to be like so a 93. Been 93 or 94 yep. car. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's that's a Mario Andretti Indy car that the kid's holding. So there you go. Yep. The Wild. Black and white and red mm-hmm. livery with, was it Texaco on the car? It varied. Texaco, Haviland, Dirt Devil. I think it was Haviland was, it was on the car in the movie, I think. Okay. Uh, I was trying to zoom in, and again, I spent way too you, much time You really on this. did go next level. I did. I did. I, was, I, I just was watching it in... I I knew right away that's what it was. Yeah, very that impressive. Or it could have been Nigel Mansell. <laughs> Just kidding. Just no, kidding. no, it was Mario. Mario confirmed it by liking their tweet. So. Yes, absolutely. Um, this from GP Eurocars. So responding to your tweet about what has Pinsky done? Uh, can't be that bad. So much new talent arriving for the world's best series and an Australian flag. I made sure to double check that it was Australian, Australia, not, not New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, R. Cole said, thanks to us for getting this stuck in my head. And it's, of course, the Love Grows song by um, <laughs> Edison Lighthouse, on it? Yeah, Edison Lighthouse that we talked about last week. Um, elsewhere on responses. Okay, so you tweeted, can Hy-Vee buy IndyCar? Because, again, Luke Holmes, Post Malone, will be two of the performance, performers for the Hy-Vee IndyCar Weekend at Iowa Speedway. That's big time. Yeah. That is very big. I mean, that's arguably the biggest country act right now in Luke Combs, mm-hmm. and arguably the biggest. What would you say, hip hop act, like rap act, rap, with pop? I don't. I don't really know what John because he like crosses over multiple. Well, because I asked this because because Luke Combs is my favorite country singer right now, uh-huh. and my wife and son really like Post Malone, and so I was thinking, hey, maybe we go. So I asked my wife. I said, how uh, listenable. That makes sense. Is Post Malone live? And she's like, no. Yeah. Not for Noah. Like, they, he can listen to clean versions with my wife, but um, there's no way. She's like, no way. Because he'll be 14. And um, no, she nixed that idea. Because I was like, hey, we could go see two races. He can listen to Post Malone. I get Luke Combs. Everybody wins. And she, now she shot that down pretty quick. But. <laughs> Those are two huge, huge acts, which then made me say, well, if Hy-Vee can invest in these musical acts, 
by gosh, can they invest in the IndyCar series? <laughs> uh, a couple of replies there. Daguerre said, I think Honda should buy IndyCar and call it Honda Car. Uh, Jay Blasteri said, can Hy-Vee be the third OEM? <laughs> <laughs> well, was that before or after I tweeted about Purdue? Being Purdue Engineering uh, being was, the third I think, OEM. Before, <laughs> which also, yes. Um, these are our replies to our IndyCar Christmas wish, which we like to do every year. I think it's kind of a good yeah. recap of the year. Uh, Atlanta Cat 99 said, Dear Santa, I've been very good this year. Like a championship for Kyle Kirkwood, return of the Freedom 100 for the USF Pro 2000 series to race the Milwaukee Mile for Braden Eves to win that championship. Sincerely, Elaine. P.S. A puppy would be nice too. Elaine has a sizable Christmas yes. list. Uh, BK Hickey said a long-lasting competitive, which we currently have series. Poet Shevchenko, my Christmas wish is that when we go to the St. Pete GP, the IndyCar will decide to show up too. There may be cars, there may be a race, but I want to feel that IndyCar is present for the fans who make the time and effort to come. It's a good point. Yes, you know, it, I agree. The, it can't just be a corporate no. atmosphere, right, where you're checking a box. Uh, Hunter's Way 67 said a third OEM and if it's not too much to ask for a new car thanks and Racer Mac RTP1 said Michigan 500 which I would also second that mm. we'll see if any of those any of those Christmas witches can be granted including ours we'll yes. see throughout the calendar year of 2024 but a, a good list of Christmas wishes good list of items for the mailbag and now we move on to news and notes and we talked about that uh, Hy-Vee concert. So Luke Combs will be the pre-race on Saturday, July 13th. Post Malone will be the post-race on Sunday, July 14th. And the good news is additional acts will be announced in the coming weeks, according to Nathan Brown of the Indy Star. Imagine you'll have a post and a pre also yeah. added, but man, that's a, it's a, a great start. and a pre. Yes. What are you talking about? Post Malone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you get a Post Malone post-race yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Yes, it's just I get the it. I get, it. I get what you're saying, but <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a banging start. And as we've said, as long as people are buying tickets, I don't care if they're there to see Luke Combs or race cars or Post Malone. As long as they're yeah, buying tickets, as long as they show up, right? Uh, here's the thing: people complain, but then you look at the Indy 500 and you get up to twenty thousand people just in the snake. Yeah, that don't care about anything <laughs> yeah. going on, but they're 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 counted just the same. Paying that is customers a very good point. Are, are the same. Paying customers, I don't care how, why they're there. How many people go to the Indy Five Hundred who don't watch a single race the rest of the year? I how much how much percentage would you say? Ooh, I I would say upwards of fifty percent of people. Yeah, fifty. It may even be a little low. I think so too. I think maybe you like go sixty percent. We could be yeah, sixty or sixty-five. I really think it's Honestly. a great point. And you know what? That's okay. Who cares? Their money spends the same. Yeah, just like and the people the, at Iowa. The Indy Five Hundred could very well be essentially sold out. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Hey, the with person Kyle Larson coming on board. Person there to see Post Malone that has to sit through the heat potentially on Sunday and a race that they think is absolutely boring. I don't care. They bought a ticket. Elsewhere, you have Honda Performance Development, now Honda Racing US, so a name change. Uh, they also will contribute to the development of the new F1 power unit. It will be raced by Aston Martin starting in 2026. Uh, Honda well, says fun. that with three F1 races now in the US, the new HRC US will be involved. How about that? That's pretty good news there. Uh, you had the unveiling of Joseph Newgarden on the Borg Warner Trophy. Uh, last week, the Stutz building in Indianapolis and New Garden even gave some fans a tour, a track tour before the Borg Warner unveiling. Did you feel like it looked like him? Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Some of them you look and be like, ooh. And they do a tremendous job because oh, they yeah. couldn't do anything close to that. But, you know, sometimes you just say, yeah, I guess. But no. I mean, Kanan looks like him. Oh, yeah. Well, the <laughs> nose makes it, of course. But, uh, no, I thought it was a very, very good, um, very, very good uh, version of Joseph Newgarden, and I'm sure it's hit him a million times since he won the race. But you know, that's a special moment when you see your face on the board corner. I can't imagine. Elsewhere, uh, from uh, an unveiling to some sad news, the Indy 500 quilt lady died. That started a tradition since 1976. Janetta Holder. Uh, who made a quilt for the winner, started in 76 with Johnny Rutherford, uh, given more than 40 patchwork masterpieces to the Speedway's race victors. 
hundreds more to drivers at other tracks, celebrities, and even President Jimmy Carter. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So that's uh, It's unfortunate, cool. but yeah. she was, what, over 100? Uh, she has a good question. I don't know if she was over 100 because she was still doing this pretty recently. Um, she was up there, though. Yeah, she was born in 1932. So, so 91. She, yes, because anyone born in May. So we should all be so lucky to reach 91. Yes, for sure. So sad news there. Um, to some good news. Congrats to Sage Karam and his wife as Little they're baby. welcoming a baby next year. Uh, also a tie-in to IndyCar. Renault willing to resume talks with Andretti regarding a supply of a power unit if Andretti gets approved prior to Cadillac um, being ready. So say Andretti races a year, they would be able to use Renault as a power unit before getting Cadillac on board. Now brought up an interesting question, and we saw this actually on Racer with a comment. Yes. And it was on the comment that was discussed. Marshall Pruitt talked to the Chevy, to the she- to Chevy about how interested they were in and what Honda had to say and where their stance is and basically asked him repeatedly, would you be able to to handle an entire series, which he did not answer. Yeah, Chevy basically ducked around every <laughs> very, question. Very, very true. But somebody posed the question of if Cadillac if General Motors gets into Formula One, how will that affect their impact in IndyCar? Because I have a hard time seeing zero correlation between Honda's return to Formula One and now them asking about potentially exiting IndyCar. You, uh, you, you cannot convince me those things are not linked. And I just wonder if the same case would be for Chevy. If tomorrow Formula One came out and said, hey, GM, you're in, starting in, I don't know, what, 2026? Yeah. If Chevy's like, yeah, you know what? We're not too interested in staying in IndyCar either because now we're going to be in Formula One. I don't know the answer to it. I think it's just a fascinating question. Absolutely. I remember previously that uh, IndyCar Deep Throat had said that Cadillac, could they be interested in branding themselves as another OEM in IndyCar? You know, where you have Cadillac, you have Chevy, you have Honda. Ideally, you have another. Uh, Wouldn't that be amazing? My head would explode, like literally explode if they had four OEMs. Right. <laughs> and if it takes a spec engine to get there, sign me up. And maybe yeah. sacrilege to some people. I don't care. Sign me up. I would be fully on board with that. And speaking of IndyCar Deep Throat, actually got an update on some stuff. So there are the owners meetings in Indy, which they usually hold in mid-December. This is pretty standard practice for IndyCar. And couple of takeaways from IndyCar Deep Throat on this. One, Fox, more of a player in the TV package. This would be a a short-term thing, and there's concern, you know, do you go with the short-term gain? Do you go with the long-term play and stay with NBC? I mean, to me, you take the money as long as the the package is competitive. Or more so, yes. And and beyond just a monetary aspect, right? You got to make sure there's dedication as far as a streaming aspect. You got to make sure which is kind of concerning because what's or, the what's the streaming app for Fox? Fox Sports Go, which is not that great of a yeah an so, option. But again, if they're throwing more money into it than what na- that NBC is, I think you chase the money. But for per Indi- for IndyCar Deep Throat, uh, basically Penske Corp interested in taking maybe a two year deal, yeah, with, for the money and see how it goes, as opposed to signing a three to four year deal with NBC. Or less money? Uh, we'll see. But it sounds like for Midicar Deep Throat that Fox is mu- a much bigger player than many people are giving them credit for. And then another note out of those meetings, one, people obviously concerned about Honda. I don't think that's a surprise. Like, this is legitimate. It's not yeah. posturing. Even though we, we did bring up that tweet that Indy Oreo had last week, you know, with Honda's threats about 20 years ago. This does feel different because of, again, the F1 aspect of them helping with the F1 engine, with everything they're doing in IMSA and WEC and and all of that, the hypercar, right? Sports car racing has never been stronger in the last, what, 30 years, 40 years, definitely 30 years. Um, So that's something to keep in mind. And the other thing is the hybrid thing. Like, 
there's potential it could be delayed till 2025. 2026. Well, and it's interesting because IndyCar Deep Throat brings up the issue that we brought up on this podcast that mm-hmm. the teams are saying you want to debut this new technology in the middle of the season, heading into the summer when we are at our busiest in terms of racing. That's just not, that makes zero sense. It's not feasible it for the team. Zero sense to all of a sudden go through the Indianapolis 500 and say, okay, on Sunday we're racing this engine and this package, and then coming back on Sunday, a week from there, seven days from now, we're racing hybrids and the week after at road America, because you have two race weekends after the 500. And then by then, after that, you only have like five races left. So what's the point? So IndyCar deep throw kind of backing up what we said and, and, and him saying that, uh, that there's definite uh, discussion within the teams that are bringing up the very same issues that we brought up on this podcast and say, that makes no sense and maybe being delayed the entire year. Any other big takeaways? Well, just listening to Nicar Deep Throat and, and, and basically the message being that things are much more dire than even we understand publicly. But, he, but it also sounds like the teams are finally starting to push back a little bit behind the scenes and really saying that this is a big problem. We are frustrated because there's less money coming in. You've taken the leadership circle money, or at least some of it, and invested it instead of new money. You're you're taking, taking, taking from teams. You're taking, taking, taking from OEMs. And where is the return? And Honda has finally come out and said it. And this is different than a team owner here or an engineer there kind of speaking out out of turn. This is a major part of your sport. And I think the the biggest, the biggest point to me was you have investment in F1. You have investment in NASCAR. You have investment in sports cars, in WEC, in grassroots racing. Yeah, I, I mean, he does a lot of stuff in dirt, the dirt track. And, and, and local ovals and midgets and, and stuff and saying Honda's investing in that. Yeah which Toyota's already invested in that. You have to keep that in mind along with Ford and Chevy, along with other smaller engine builders. So yeah. if Honda's going that route, that is not good for IndyCar. So, uh, uh, you know, all these major series and minor series and circuits are having investments except IndyCar. And he also brought up, too, about last January, January of 2022, yeah, when Roger Penske flew over to Japan to Toyota, and, and it was all but done and something happened to derail Toyota joining the series as a third OEM. And since then, the series has really been lost behind the scenes in terms of it was all but done. And it sounds like Chevy knew it was coming and Honda knew it was coming. And all of a sudden they were looking at their bottom lines and saying, man, this is going to be a tremendous help to us. And it went away and nobody really knows why other than a few select people, I'm sure. But that, that, that single incident has really changed the fortunes of this entire series. And I think that was going to be the the real moment that you said, wow, Reggie Pe- Roger Penske came in, delivered what he could do with this series, and landed a third OAM. Something happened to that derailing, and it's been a mess ever since, behind the scenes. Yeah. And it's yeah, starting I, to leak out into I, the public's I, forum I, now. I, and again... IndyCar was the closest with Toyota compared to all the other names. Like a name we forgot to bring up was Alfa Romeo, like what a decade ago, like 2012, right. 2013, somewhere around that time frame. Um, obviously, they did have Lotus briefly that didn't pan out. Talked about rumors of BMW, obviously Ferrari, but that felt more like a, a song and dance and a realistic option. Hyundai? Eh, I, I don't know. If I don't know how deep was, they got into that, yeah. but. Basically, sounds like it was Porsche it was, was almost set to be announced, and then it didn't happen. So, but it was all but um, all but done with Toyota, from what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And, and something happened last January, or almost two Januarys ago, that erased that possibility, and it is really shaken up the series at every level. Time for our tweet of the week, and it's just one, and it's good. And I think it wraps up everything about this situation uh, in terms of who's getting the seat. This is from Marshall Pruitt. You know the silly season has lost its effing mind when two drivers are fighting over who gets to have the last place seat. You know it gets crazy. <laughs> I, I, 
And that's one positive. We'll end it on the positive is there are still a multitude of drivers that want to be in the IndyCar series to the point that they'll step over each other and get a seat. And another one thinks it's not even competitive to win a race. Not even competitive. I mean, seriously, you, the expectations are so low with that seat, but people bringing multi-million seven figure budgets to try to land that seat. And in that respect, IndyCar is thriving in terms of available seats, seats on the grid, and drivers that are interested in racing in this fledgling IndyCar series. All right, time to go from the IndyCar series to our random split-era driver of the week who competed in a fledgling series himself. Speaking of fledgling series, 2005 Champ Car, which is always a fertile ground, and you have the details on this week's random split era driver of the week. Yes, it is Andrew Ranger who competed in, I kid you not, this is the real name. I always love this. The 2005 Bridgestone presents the Champ Car World Series powered by Ford. Uh, (laughs) Also took part in 2006 as well with Conquest Racing. Now you Um, laugh, but you can't get Ford within a million miles of open wheel racing. Ford will not even sniff (laughs) an open wheel car. no. At Unless it's point. Formula One. Um, That's true, which they will return to. Yes. But, um, yeah, I didn't know that Andrew Ranger did two complete seasons. Yeah. And he was, car. he was middle of the pack, but he had some good results. He was second in his second race at Monterey. Uh, Monterey in Mexico, not Cali. Monterey, California. Uh, a couple top tens uh, elsewhere in that 2005 season. Portland, Cleveland, Denver. Uh, Surfers Paradise and Mexico City. Remember, they raced at uh, Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez as well. So 10th in points. His rookie year came back, had a lot of top 10s. Just one top five, though, that was at Surfers in 2006. Also finished 10th in points uh, both those years. So, again, that's so when you had smaller grids. You had some good drivers, though. That's the thing. The grids were smaller, but there was a lot of talent. And you sound like a commercial for Indy Lights. <laughs> uh, he was teammates with Nelson Philippe in uh-huh. 2005. Uh, Ranger was sponsored, the Canadian sponsored by MyJack and Tide. Uh huh. Who and won then, the series in 2005? Bruno Jinkara? Come on, don't think too hard. Sebastian Bourdais. Oh, yeah. Sorry. 2002 <laughs> to 2006. That's right. Uh, to that, uh, no, 2004 Four to seven. Four to seven? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 2003 was PT. 2002, gotcha. I think, was Demata, but that was still Cart. Uh, and then in, in 2006, this is where it was Charles Zwolzman Jr., who I think is a previous, yes, a previous. driver of the week, uh-huh. uh, a Dutch driver who was a rookie that year. Uh, but Ranger, sponsored by Tide, MyJack, MSR Houston Racing School, Grand Prix of Montreal, and Walmart. Oh. I remember the Walmart. Yeah, car. I do. Uh, that would have been decent looking for the race in... One of the races in Canada, I believe. So let's see. Yeah. So uh, that's Andrew Ranger. What else did he do? I think was he in Atlantics for a year? Yeah, he had a lot of success. I mean, he was like the next big thing in open wheel. So he was fourth in the Atlantic Championship with Sierra Sierra Racing in 2004. Then uh, he did do one cup race in 2011 at Watkins Glen. Mm, Road course specialist. Yeah. Finished 35th. Uh, did nationwide a couple of races in 2008, one in 2009, one in 2010, a handful in 2011, a couple in 2012, a handful in 2013 as well, a truck start in 2014, uh, and did Canon Pro Series East, Pro Series West, the Pinty Series, which he's competed in for, for many years. Mm. Um, in fact, he won that series in 2019 along with in 2007 and 2009. So, wow, still pretty active. I'd say the NASCAR Pinty Series, which is in Canada, uh, has done Cascar. He's done ARCA. So He's got around. He's done a lot of stuff. But what he didn't do is win a race no. in Champ Car. Won 31 races in NASCAR Pinty Series, but did not win a race in Champ Car. So uh, Just the series that keeps on giving us random spot oh, yeah. drivers of the week. Absolutely. That wraps it up for us for the year for Justin Kinney. I am Caleb Hatch. We'll see you in 2024. We'll take next week off and probably the week after unless we have crazy 
breaking news in IndyCar. So we'll see you in a couple weeks' time in January here on New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.